Clearing a Path to God by Heather Doolittle, read by Ray Ellen Sanders. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this time to dig into your word. We pray, Father God, that each lady listening would realize that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that they would seek you and find you all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 21, 12 through 17. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, Jesus replied. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You have ordained praise. And he left them and he went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. The Jewish temple was much more significant to the Israelites than church buildings are to modern Christians. Perhaps that is why Jesus drastically clearing the temple seems so inappropriate and out of character. The temple in Jerusalem was the sacred place that housed the very Spirit of God. It was glorious and beautiful, demonstrating what a magnificent privilege it is to personally connect with the Almighty God. That is exactly why Jesus' actions were not only appropriate, but very necessary. This building was symbolic of the Spirit's modern temple, our hearts. The Israelites traveled to the temple in Jerusalem to connect with their Creator, but our bodies are the new temple where the Spirit of God lives and works. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? It's a bit frightening to imagine Jesus zealously overturning tables. Here he doesn't seem to be the gentle, merciful lamb we see throughout the New Testament. His zeal abolishes injustice and corruption. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that is from Matthew 6.24. He was ensuring that only God was being served and worshipped in that place. In clearing God's temple of everything that was not godly, Jesus was making room for God's kingdom on earth. After the temple was clear, Jesus had room to bring miraculous healing and peace and a taste of the God who is love. The Jews had been taught that the Messiah came to end injustice, but most people expected it to be at the government level. They knew he would come to set them free as Moses had done generations before. However, they anticipated a savior who would overthrow and replace the oppressive Roman government. Instead, Jesus chose a different route to justify his removing sin and corruption from within his temple, his church. 
It is ironic to think that the people anticipated the Almighty God using his power to overturn the great Caesar. Instead, he bestowed that power on 12 ordinary men, the apostles, and changed the world through them. During Easter, we are reminded of Jesus' tremendous love and sacrifice for us. We should also remember why that sacrifice was necessary to erase sin and brokenness that would have otherwise kept us from our own, our Heavenly Father's kingdom. Questions to ponder. What changes are you hoping for or working for in your life? Are you relying on God to guide you to the place that you want to be? What sinful behaviors or negative thoughts are keeping you from that progress? Pray that God will open your eyes to His work in your life. Also, pray that God will help you to see His presence and recognize when He is guiding you. Faith-filled ideas. Discuss this lesson with your children. I like to have discussions in the car because I have a captive audience with minimal distractions. This lesson will work well in the car because the radio is easily accessible. Number one, tell your children about Holy Week. Tell them about Jesus clearing the temple before he began his miraculous work. Explain why it was necessary for Jesus to overturn the tables. Number two, tell them you are going to play Simon Says. You need to be Simon. Tell them to do silly things like rub your belly or pat your head or shake your head around. Number three, turn on the radio and continue giving commands without raising your voice. No one will be able to hear your commands over the radio. Number four, turn the radio down or off so that everyone can hear you give a few more commands. Explain to your children that God's voice is like your voice and Simon says. God does not leave us or give up on him guiding us. He is always there for his children, but we can fill our lives with other habits. Sin or media stand in the way of God's still, small voice, just as the vendors stood in the way of Israelites meeting with God. The solution is easy. Simply figure out what is blocking God's voice, remove it from your life, and refocus on God. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for the privilege of being a mom. I pray that each mama listening will desire to teach her children in your ways. Help us all to find this time to make listening to your still small voice a priority today. In Jesus' name, amen.